Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. Hope you're all having a great day. I know that you have all endured this incredible past snow and here we are in spring and thank goodness it's going that direction and before we get started today I have to have a special shout out to my good friend Yoshiko Dart. Yoshiko you know how I love you. Thank you for all you're doing to keep that fight going for people with disabilities and have been since you've been involved with Justin. So you are just awesome. Also, to our listeners throughout the world, I just can't believe how you have been following the show. I always talk about Ireland, but Japan also, no surprise there. So thank you so much for following the show and to our sponsor, our lead sponsor. Hi, Mark Blue Cross Blue Shield. Uh, David Holmberg, CEO, he's just a fantastic human being. And our other sponsor, AudioEye, Todd Bank of Fear, leading the charge there. I so much appreciate uh, the sponsors of this show because that helps me get important news out to all of you living with disabilities. So I am so excited that this is one of my favorite people. We have a lot of people on the show over the past 18 years. But Kelly Buckland is one of my favorites. Uh, He is the executive director of the National Council on Independent Living, known as NICL. And he here, here's what I'll say. He's the real deal. That's it. He's the real deal. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joyce. It's uh, always a pleasure to be here with you, and uh, thanks for your very kind comments. Well, you know I mean it. So, Kelly, for our listeners throughout the world, we have a big audience in Ireland. Would you take a few minutes and explain to everyone what NICL is? Uh, sure. NICL uh, is, actually stands for the National Council on Independent Living, and we are a membership organization that represents Centers for Independent Living and statewide independent living councils uh, throughout the United States. There's close to 700 uh, Center for Independent Living locations across the country and uh, 56 statewide independent living councils, which uh, includes the 50 states and the six territories. So we try to represent their interests uh, here in Washington, D.C. with the administration and the um, uh, Congress. How many work at your location? How many work at the headquarters? Uh, there's, uh, we're, we're a very small staffed organization. We have about uh, 10 employees, and uh, actually <clears throat> uh, two of them work uh, remotely. So we only, in the office, we only have about seven or eight. So I'm bringing that up for a reason, folks. This one group, this one organization, Nickel, with all of those offices across the United States. You never believe at their conference how many people attend. And these are grassroots advocates that really are fighting the fight for people with disabilities. Uh, But Kelly 
is leading the charge doing this. And I had him bring that up because we have this group representing our issues, our fights, our battles, everything. And here they only have this small office, this small group of leaders at the top. So you know what you need to do? Make a contribution to Nickel. Because we're asking, we need, we need it right now. I'm going to tell you why. Kelly will be talking more about what's going on, but we really need your support. And to do that, it takes money. So please don't forget to go to nickel.org and make a contribution today and tell everyone else that you know. Um, so Kelly, you are the executive director. What, what all does that entail, having that position? Oh, geez, I get to, I get to do a little bit of everything. <laughs> I do policy work. I do, you know, I run the organization, and uh, I do fundraising. Um, basically, just, like I say, a little bit of everything. So I have staff I supervise, and um, on and on. So uh, basically, I do a little bit of everything. But we, we, I mean, as you know, Joyce, we're really focused on advocacy. So that's. That's mainly what uh, I try to focus on as well. Is, uh, running an organization is important, but uh, we think that advocacy is the most important thing. So that's what we're focused on. Yes, and that's what we need. That's what we need you to be focused on. So that's what I wanted to talk about. Nickel is all about disability rights and advocacy. So many people in this country, different organizations, AAPD, etc., are all about disability rights, but where do you fit in? Where does Nickel factor in? Like, what is your role to the Americans with Disabilities at Large in the United States? Nickel, what is your role? So, well, we we provide, uh, the centers that we serve provide uh, services to people with disabilities across the country. They provide um uh, essential core services. One is information referral. Another one is uh, peer support, um, independent living skills training, uh, advocacy, including both individual advocacy and systems advocacy, and then transition services, which include transitioning people from institutions and nursing homes uh, back into the community, uh, diverting them from ever going into institutions or nursing homes, and then transitioning youth from um, from school to adulthood. So basically, um, those are the services that every center provides across the country. But then other centers um, will choose to provide other services in addition to that. So, and there, you know, there's a wide range. I, when I travel across the country, I try to stop in and visit the center in the location where I'm at. And uh, which is always fun for me to do, and, but there, I have not been to one that looks like another one yet. They they all are different. They serve their own unique communities, and uh, they're different sizes, different budgets, and kind of different personalities, if you will. Uh, and then, so then Nickel uh, takes our direction from those centers across the country, those uh, and statewide independent living councils. We get our direction from them, and uh, they kind of tell us what they think the priorities are, and uh, that's what we focus on. And then uh, 
we survey them every every new Congress, which means every two years, and um, we get the, we set the priorities through the surveys that we get back from them. So we really are responding uh, to the grassroots. I mean, what what the grassroots is telling us is what we focus on, and it's not the other way around. It's not like we know what's best because we're in Washington D.C. and so we're going to tell you what you need to advocate for. It's the other way around. We're, we really get our direction from the men, and then we advocate for what they're telling us uh, we should be advocating for uh, in Congress. So, um, And we do really focus on disability rights. I mean, so we're focused on the Disability Integration Act, the uh, you know Protecting the Americans with Disabilities Act from the attacks that's uh, taking place on it right now, and... Um, Money follows the person. Those are the things that we're focused on right now um, with our advocacy in Congress and with the administration. You know what? That's one of the things I wanted to ask you about. Money follows the person. How many years have I been hearing about this? (laughs) Way, way back when I first heard Senator Harkin talk about it. Where is that, Kelly? Like, what's, what's going on with that? And also, could you tell our listeners what that is? What is Money Follows the Person? Sure. Uh, Money Follows the Person is a program that, I mean, it's pretty much just what it sounds like, uh, interestingly enough. Congress names stuff really weird things sometimes, but this one actually kind of describes it. So what happens is uh, if you're in an institution, uh, and you have to live in one under the current program. You have to live in an institution or a nursing home for uh, 90 days. But if you're in an institution, then um, in a nursing home, then that program will help you move back into the community. And essentially, the money then from the follows you from the nursing home back into the community. So uh, that's what money follows the person is. It was initially uh, authorized under George Bush. Um, two and um, has been in place for several years now but it's sunsetted and um, states had some money left over so it's been able to still function but um, it's they're now running out of money so we're really pushing to get it reauthorized and refunded so that's where we're at yeah, that's what I knew. And I've been hearing about this for so long, you know, as we moved forward. But it seems really hard to get, you know, to get the, to get the money to keep this going. Um, I was just wondering, like, is that something you think our listeners should get involved with right now? Or what is your feeling about that? Uh, absolutely. We need a big push right now. It's, it's really something that people should. So call your congressman. Write them a letter, uh, ask them to support the money follows the person. So if it's not in there, we do have a bill in the Senate, and we have one that's in the House now, too. So uh, those bills could be um, pushed forward as well. Uh, Well, we sure hope so. But right now, we're going to get ready to go to break. Uh, It's all about getting involved when it comes to nickel. We're going to get ready to go, and we'll go right back with Kelly Buckland, Executive Director of Nickel. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. For those in leadership positions with corporations, governments, nonprofits, and educational institutions, please pay attention. Are you aware that 10 to 15% of your potential clients are unable to use your websites properly? At AudioEye, an advanced technology has been created that eliminates accessibility issues and levels the playing field for all. Make the Internet a meaningful resource for millions of more people. Go to AudioEye.com. More accessible, more usable, more people. Call on AudioEye today. Visit AudioEye.com. At Highmark, we believe what makes us different makes us better. Our differences broaden our perspectives and foster diverse skills which complement each other, creating a stronger and more vibrant workforce. It's this belief that earned us recognition by the USBLN and the American Association of People with Disabilities as a 2014 Disability Equality Index Best Place to Work. So we'll continue to celebrate diverse individuals because inclusion benefits us all. To find out more, visit Highmark.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back everyone. We have as our guest today, Kelly Buckland, the Executive Director of the National Council on Independent Living. Nickel, and we are so happy to have him with us. And I want to tell you, I know that a while ago, Several times, actually, I would be saying, well, maybe already, Am I, should I already be saying that I'm friends with someone that's been in jail, Kelly? Uh, sure. <laughs> okay, so I'm friends with someone here that's been in jail. I, I, when, when Kelly says he's an advocate, I mean he's an advocate. He'll be out there fighting the fight on the hill. And I'm sure you remember way back when we had that horrible thing that almost occurred with Medicaid and Rachel Maddow had a segment on MSNBC showing the people in wheelchairs being lifted out of the wheelchairs and arrested. That's what I'm talking about with Kelly. So, Kelly, there's a horrible thing happening, and it's called Bill H.R. 620. And for some reason... Maybe because of all the other things going on in the news constantly, this seems to be like buried somewhere that if it weren't for people, thank God, like you and Nickel and AAPD, it, it would, you know, who knows that may, it, that nothing 
could have stopped this or will stop it. But could you explain to our listeners what H.R. 620 is? Yeah, H.R. 620 is the uh, bill that would, uh, it's called um, the Americans with Disabilities Act Education and Reform or um, bill. So it's supposed to provide education, which it doesn't. It doesn't provide any more education than is already occurring. And it, but it does reform it by gutting the whole act, essentially. Not the whole thing, but uh, a big portion of it. So when you go to uh, public accommodation, like your local grocery store, or even, for that matter, Walmart, if you notice something's um, inaccessible right now, you have the uh, ability to file a complaint with the Department of Justice or file a lawsuit. Well, this bill would take away your right to file a lawsuit. You would first be required to notify the business what's not accessible. They then have uh, 60 days to even respond to your uh, notification. And then after that, they have another 60 days to uh, quote, make uh, substantial progress, unquote, which we don't know what that even means at this point because there's no definition for it in the bill. So uh, basically they now have 120 days that they can uh, push it out without really doing much. And the, But the most uh, harm that's really done by this is that now businesses would not have to do anything until someone sends them notification. So basically, right now, people have the incentive that, well, they could be sued, so they should be accessible. That all goes away if uh, this bill passes. So, well, it has passed the House. So we're, we don't have a bill in the Senate yet, and we're doing everything we can to make sure that one isn't even uh, introduced. But um, that's what the bill does. And so, and there's no scope provided at all. So it, it applies to, like, Walmart just as much as it applies to the little mom and pop on the corner. And uh, it applies to basic, almost everything. So even medical facilities that are privately owned um, now don't necessarily have to be, wouldn't, or under this bill would not have to be, uh, accessible. So it's really uh, very expansive and it's being pushed by the Hotel Association and the Shopping Mall Association. Okay, well, let's stop right here, first of all. This is horrible. I mean, this is really horrible. I know the National Disability Rights Network is also all over this because, um, well, it's just. It's just an attack on the ADA that would go right through the heart of the ADA. When Kelly was talking about who's behind it, imagine that if shopping malls, like say you have a shopping mall, a new renter wants to go in there, and now they wouldn't have to spend extra dollars to make it accessible. And then as Kelly said, do you really think they're going to worry when they're thinking, okay, If someone comes here, first they have to file that complaint. Well, let's start here, Kelly. A lot of people wouldn't even know what to do there. 
Do you know what I mean? There are people that wouldn't even know what to do at that point. But first they have to file a complaint. And then we have, you know, 60 days now to just review all of this. Then if we do have to do something, we have another 60 days. Here, here's what's going to happen, folks. Builders aren't going to do anything. Because they have all this latitude. I mean, who would be nervous if you if you were in this situation? This would be horrific and scary hearing it's malls and hotels. Think about that. I mean, imagine if you wanted to have a small hotel or large and you didn't have to have accessibility. Um, Kelly, like what? Why did they pass that? I've got to ask you this. Why would they pass this when, to most people on the street, if you would tell them this, they wouldn't even believe it's possible? Uh, it's, it's because the Shopping Mall Association uh, and the Hotel Association has been trying to gut the Americans with Disabilities Act for years. I mean, these, these uh, ADA, so-called ADA notification bills have been introduced in Congress for years and years, but they typically never went anywhere. Like, right, they didn't even get a hearing in in the um, Committee on Justice. So they've just never gone anywhere. But the the Republican-controlled Congress has really um, pushed this forward, uh, and I think it's because it's being pushed by business, the chambers, and uh, and so on. So this time, this Congress that got a hearing, well, actually, last Congress that got a hearing in the in the um, in the Justice Committee, and then um, and then it uh, got to the floor, and it passed. It didn't pass by a lot, but it passed passed the, on the floor of the House. So now, I mean, it could potentially pass in the Senate and. Uh, we pretty much know this president would sign it if it gets to his desk. So that's there's a real fear that after all these years of it not going anywhere, this time it's actually got legs and could go somewhere. So. All right. <clears throat> so what's your call to action, Kelly, for our listeners? All right. So this, what we're trying, really trying to focus on at this point is to get people to call in to the senators and ask them, not to even support the introduction of it. So anything that resembles H.R. 620, we're asking that they not even support the introduction of it so that we don't even see a bill. So we're trying to really uh, stop it in the House, So, or I mean in the Senate. So that's really kind of where we're at. So if people could call their senators and just tell them not to support the, even the introduction of it. Uh, and if it does get introduced, then please don't vote for it. That's uh, that's our call to action right now. So, and let me just tell you, the more calls you make, <clears throat> the more of an impact. Our great friend Tony Qualo, former congressman and author of the ADA, told me, and other actually Senator Casey and Harkin and others have told me, you cannot envision the power of a call to a senator's office. You know, or a congressman for that matter, but you can't imagine the power. Your call will make a difference. Kelly, don't you agree with me that every call has an impact on them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Every, every call matters. So, uh, and the more the better, but every call matters. I mean, 
when you can really light up the phone lines, that's when it really matters. And uh, so, uh, yeah, every call, every every single, you never know who is going to be that call that's going to push them to do the right thing. So it really does matter. Yeah, and you know what? I'll tell you. I am going to get young these young people with disabilities in my Bender Leadership Academy. I'm going to get the, I'm getting them galvanized to make calls and make calls. And if you're listening to this show right now, that can be you. You know, everyone who wants to be part of a disability rights movement, here's your chance. Get out there, make those phone calls. Don't let this happen. This would be a disaster if it happened, because. I think you agree with me, Kelly. Once this unwinds and gets going, it's very hard to bring it back. Don't you agree with that? Yes, we would. This would be. This would be uh, almost impossible to reverse. If it gets through, it's going to be almost impossible to get it taken off. So, yeah. And different senators have been talking about this. I've heard Senator Casey talk about this several times, and he'll say things like. <clears throat> So I, if I went to a building and it's not accessible and I have to get a prescription, you know, it's going to take me 120 days. Or if I want to get my hair cut, it's not accessible. What? I have to wait 120 days for my haircut. You know, I, it, he's being facetious, but not facetious in that it isn't true. He's using those examples, but he's trying to stress to everyone, this will be personal to you. This would impact you on a personal level. So please, please make that call. And Kelly, if they go to your website, is, can they get more information about this? Yes, it is on our website. Um, the website address is www.ncil.org. And we, uh, we have a letter out there that we've got over 580 signatures from organizations on there, so if you run an organization, uh, be it be it local, state, or national, uh, and you would like to sign on, just let us know. Send us an email. Well, that is awesome. All right, and that is ncil.org. This is Joyce Bender, and we're going to get ready to go to break, so we can come back and talk more to Kelly Buckland. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voiceamerica. For those in leadership positions with corporations, governments, nonprofits, and educational institutions, please pay attention. Are you aware that 10 to 15% of your potential clients are unable to use your websites properly? At AudioEye, an advanced technology has been created that eliminates accessibility issues and levels the playing field for all. Make the Internet a meaningful resource for millions of more people. Go to AudioEye.com. More accessible, more usable, more people. Call on AudioEye today. Visit AudioEye.com. At Highmark, we believe what makes us different makes us better. Our differences broaden our perspectives and foster diverse skills which complement each other, creating a stronger and more vibrant workforce. 
It's this belief that earned us recognition by the USBLN and the American Association of People with Disabilities as a 2014 Disability Equality Index Best Place to Work. So we'll continue to celebrate diverse individuals because inclusion benefits us all. To find out more, visit Highmark.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you've been listening to the show. We're talking to Kelly Buckland, the CEO of the National Council on Independent Living and... We've been talking about how all of you need to pick up that phone and contact your senator and say, do not even introduce Bill H.R. 620 because we do not want that to pass. It's passed the House, as Kelly said, but now we've got to stop it. And make sure you go to Nichols' website for more information um, about that. But Kelly, there would be a continuing weakening of the ADA if this occurred, because I'll, I'll be honest, if that happens, it's like all bets are off. Don't you agree? Yeah, I mean, if, they, if they're able to do this, then we really, we really don't know what else will be next. I mean, what they'll take out of it. They could take the employment protections out. That's what so, I mean. Could you? Oh, that would be horrifying. See, yeah. that's what people don't realize. So, so much can come from this. It would be terrible. Oh, my goodness, even thinking about that, when we have this big unemployment right now, you know, that would be just horrific if that would happen. And so many things. I have to say, I have never seen so much happening like this over the past couple years. And one was the horrible, horrible fight in reference to Medicaid coverage. And I just want to tell you, the ending that you know you know who you know who really stood up and turned that back the disability community this is the first time i could say the disability community had a key role in this and kelly could you tell that story yeah i mean um you're right i mean even if you ask the people in the senate like senator casey or um i've even heard senator schumer and others talk about this that um, they'll tell you that it was the disability community that made the difference. I mean, um, there were lots of organizations that fought the Medicaid uh, battle to, to keep 
keep it in place. But, well, and the Affordable Care Act, remember, they were both uh, under attack. But uh, they'll even, the senators will tell you, it was the disability community that made the difference. Um, but every everybody uh, did make a difference. So all those organizations made it made a difference, but the disability community was uh, really loud and proud about this. And, uh, you know, a big shout-out to my friends with uh, ADAPT. They, they're they the ones that, I mean, really took this to the streets. And uh, when you were talking earlier about me being arrested, I've been arrested, like, once and been at a few demonstrations, but there are people in ADAPT that have, have um, they call them serial uh, violators, right? They are arrested all the time. They put their bodies on the line and uh, really took this fight to the streets. And uh, that's really what, I mean, everybody played a role, but the adapt really was out there in the front. So, uh, Oh, they were. I mean, you're right. You you are also that person. You see, you just don't have the same amount of badges <laughs> that some of them have. You weren't arrested enough times. But I will say that ADAPT, yeah, there's no question about it. Um, I mean, this was, am I right, Kelly? Like all of you, you were at Capitol Hill. You were at senators' offices. You were everywhere, correct? Yeah, we were. We were. We shut the, that's where I got arrested. We shut down the rotunda in the Capitol building. So when they were walking when they were trying to pass the bill in the House, um, the members were walking back and forth from the House to the Senate through the rotunda, and uh, us shutting down the rotunda, they were unable to do that anymore. And so they had to walk all the way around. And they were at, you know, believe me, they were asking why. Why are we having to walk all the way around? Why is the rotunda shut down? And they were told why. And it was because people with disabilities were protesting the health care bill that they were trying to pass. So they knew why, I mean, they knew we were there. So, Well, I think you're all champions, so I'm proud of all of you. But I just want our listeners to know this showed the power right here of the disability community. Don't think us as weak. This showed the power, disability, power and pride right here. Right here, right then, and it surely had a huge positive impact. So another thing, Kelly, that you have really been behind forever, but I know that you work very closely with AAPD because you're on the board on the RevUp program and getting people out to vote. And you know... There are a lot of things going on right now, so it's really important for people to get registered to vote and to get out there and vote. Um, what do you think about that? How about if you tell our listeners your view about the power of the vote and also what you think we need to do to get get people with disabilities registered? Well, um, you know, I've always been a, a, a big believer in our constitutional right to vote. Um, I'm old enough, Joyce, to remember when uh, people didn't have the right to vote until they were 21. Uh, we were being sent off to war in Vietnam and um, were eligible to be drafted at 18, but we couldn't. Um, a lot of people don't remember what being drafted means. But 
we were able to be drafted at 18 but couldn't vote until we were for the people who were taking us to war until we were 21. So they changed the uh, age eligibility down to 18. And uh, interestingly enough, I turned 18 at the same time and I voted uh, my very first time when I was 18 years old. And I've voted in every single election since then because I think it's so important. And everyone else should too. And this is, a, in my opinion, it's a, it's a lot like the uh, ADA that we were talking about just a minute ago. People fought for decades to get that bill passed and signed by the president in 1990. And uh, businesses have had over a quarter of a century to come into compliance with it, and they still haven't. So now they want to get the Americans with Disabilities Act instead of coming into compliance. This is uh, very similar to me. It's, it's uh, you know, voting should be accessible, too. And uh, the, ADA, the ADA Education and Reform Act actually would uh, affect voting places as well if they were uh, in a private uh, facility. So that actually could uh, affect our access to voting as well. But I, I think it's extremely important people register to vote and um, that they then exercise their right to vote. So, yeah. And oh, my we, God. We, you know what? I never thought about that, Kelly. Yep. That, that, that that could end up even impacting people's ability to vote. I never thought about that till you said that. Yeah, oh, that would be they, terrible. All so of it would be it. terrible. You show up but that would even vote. take away your right as an American citizen. Yeah, so think about it. You show up to vote. It's not it's not accessible, so you have to give them notice, and then they have 60 days to get back to you. Well, by that time, you're no longer able to vote. So. And what do you think we should do, Kelly, to try – what can we do to get more people with disabilities – to vote and registered to vote. Because, listen, folks, that's where the power is. If you want to see a change in this election coming up, you can't do it if you can't vote. And the following elections and the presidential election, we've got to get people registered to vote. Uh, what What do you recommend in that area? Yeah, well, Come I on. think people ought to find, find out how to register and get, get registered. Well, you know, RevUp can help them do that. Uh, they can contact their local center for independent living. They can help them do that. They just they can contact their their county officials. So they can tell them how to do that. But they need, or even their state officials, uh, and they need to do that. And then, Joyce, I also think that it's uh, it's important for people just to start thinking about running for office. Uh, we need more people with this who understand what disability issues are uh, in. Elected offices, obviously you're not going to start off by running for the United States Senate, but people ought to start running for local offices. That's how people get started. So um, I'm saying that I, and Nichols been working on that. We're actually uh, working on trying to develop a curriculum to train individuals with disabilities on how to run for office. So. Oh, that is so awesome. Oh, yeah, you're right about that. I mean, it's one thing voting, and isn't it also a great thing thinking of being the person in office? Right. You know, I always tell people when they can't envision this, can't envision. I say, what do you mean you can't envision? What 
do you who do you think FDR was? I mean, he was in a wheelchair. You know, I mean, there's so many examples we can give, of course, to present day, but people don't think like that. They don't even think like, like if you would go to, how many people with disability were president? They'd probably say none. I mean, this is how people are. But we need our young people and people with disabilities to get out there and to run for office and, and to become elected officials because then you will represent us. That's what will happen. And Kelly, I know you have a lot of good things coming this year. <clears throat> when is your next conference? It's July 24th through the 28th. And what is the theme this year? The theme is resist. So it, it's uh, all the stuff we've been talking about, right? Uh, resisting the health care, the attacks on health care, resisting the attacks on the Americans with Disabilities Act, um, being, you know, getting uh, real personal with this and uh, standing up. I mean, it's, it's resist. That's the theme of it. So. Oh, I love that. Oh, that is so good. That's so good. And, and, and how do you attend the conference? What do you have to do? If one of our listeners wants to go, what do they need to do? Uh, well, as a matter of fact, we just opened up registration not very long ago, so uh, it's only been open for a while. So people should just go to our website. It'll, uh, you could, there's, a, there's a link to click to get to our um, conference information, and you can register right there. It'll take you right to the registration place. So www.ncil.org. And guess what? You can make a contribution at the same time. www.ncil.org. Folks, make sure you go to, please go to that website. You know, and and when it comes to making a contribution, I don't care if it's $5, you know, obviously we'd love it to be a lot of money, but every single thing counts. And if that's all you can give, that's what you give. Am I right, Kelly? That's correct. Yep. Well, well, Kelly, um, I talk about you often because I just love you so much. But, you know, you have accomplished so many things in your life. But if you had to look back on your life over the past few years on what you feel are some of your greatest accomplishments, what would it be? Uh, well, you know, Joyce, it still is the same uh, as it has, I think, always been, um, and that's my work on parenting. Um, we we passed a number of bills in Idaho, um, and um, protecting the rights of parents with disabilities. And then uh, we got a national report done by the National Council on Disability, and we got some guidance through um, through the Department of Justice and the Department of Health and Human Services. And so um, I'm still the proudest of that, defending the rights of people with disabilities to be parents. So, can you uh, explain that to our listeners, because so they'll know what you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, a lot. There's a lot of people with disabilities who lose custody of their children for no other reason that they, than that they have a disability. And so um, 
that's what we're trying to change. I mean, people who are abusive or neglectful should lose their children, but not just because of having a disability. That's not... So um, this would basically, like the ADA, protects people from discrimination in going places to shop or... Um, or to pray, or to what what have you. I mean, this helps protect people's rights to be parents. So, well, are you? Does this is that still happening? Yeah, I mean, there's still like over 20 states that it's still on the books. Says that you know you can lose custody of your children, and disability is given as one of the reasons. So. So. Today, in some states in this country, <clears throat> let's say you you and your spouse are both blind. You're telling me someone could come in and then say, I'm sorry, but we have to take your child because we don't feel you can raise your child. Yes. And we've heard stuff like uh, babies taken away at the hospital from blind parents because they make the assumption that they can't parent. Uh, babies taken away from uh, people in wheelchairs because uh, they put their chair in the back seat and that's where the uh, car seat's at and so people think that's dangerous and don't they should have their kids taken away I mean, or we've had one like uh, how would they get out of in a, in a fire I mean all kinds of reasons to take somebody's children away and no planning about how to address the real issue, right? So if you're worried about being able to get out of in a fire, then figure out a way to do that, not take the uh, child away. So, All right, who makes that decision at the hospital? Who makes that decision? Well, the hospital, it's probably the doctor or the nurse. Uh, they call Child Protective Services who comes in. And um, Child Protective Services workers are the ones who make the decision. And so, um, and then it goes to court, and, of course, judges and those guys have the same kinds of uh, biases and stuff against people with disabilities that anybody else does, and so that's how it happens. And so that happens to some degree. I mean, that does happen, but... Where most people actually lose custody of their children is in divorce court. I mean, uh, one parent uses the other parent's disability against them in divorce court to get custody of the children. Oh, horrible. You mean like saying, uh, well, we'll use me with epilepsy, that I would endanger the child because if I don't take my medication, <clears throat> you know, I could have uh, seizures or there could be an injury. Or Is that what you mean? They say things like that? Exactly. Or they'll even get more nasty than that and say stuff like, um, well, what if they have a seizure and, they, and they, uh, the child has to see it? Wouldn't that be gross for them to actually have to witness that? You know, I'm, um, stuff like that. Oh, my God. You know, and, and do they win often doing that? Oh, yeah. And, you know... The fights over custody of children get pretty nasty. So, yeah, we oh, we so had uh, we had real parents who uh, mother had a disability, and so they took custody away, 
gave custody to the father, who then was abusive. And then the child had to be removed from the father and given back to the mother that they took it away for because of her disability. It, um, really, you know, bad decisions being made. So. Oh, well, Kelly, thank you so much that you're, you've been doing all this because that is, you know, that, that is almost hard to imagine. Uh, I, 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 being a parent, the mother, you've carried this child, you and your husband, you've been, you know, have a room ready. You're all excited about this. And because of a wheelchair, you know, sorry, and they take the child. That, that is, that's horrible. That is absolutely unimaginable. And I'll bet there are people uh, in poverty that when this happens, they would have no recourse or not have anywhere to go. So uh, is this when people contact you, Kelly, Can't contact Nickel? Yeah, I mean, we would be uh, happy to refer them to where they could get some assistance. But yeah, but what they should be doing is working in their states to try to change the law. And uh, we're working on that in in uh, the national level too, but I mean um, the guidance that came out of the Department of Justice and HHS actually say that the ADA does apply here, and so courts can't discriminate against people with disabilities, and so uh, the federal law really should override the state law. So people need to become educated about that part too. But we're happy to try to answer people's questions and and guide them on where to go. Well, thank you, Kelly, and thank you so much for being with us today, Kelly. Always love you on as a guest. Once again, Kelly Buckland, Executive Director, Nickel, National Council on Independent Living, uh, www.ncil.org, make a contribution today. So, Kelly, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Uh, Get involved. Get registered to vote. Get involved and do some uh, advocacy to uh, resist the attacks on our rights. And that's why you're going to go to that conference, Resist. That is what it's all about. Well, folks, we're going to get ready to go now, but we end every show with a quote. And today that quote just seems to fit what we were talking about, and it is, democracy is not a spectator sport, says Senator Bernie Sanders. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you all next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.